Well, I don't know about you, but um, sometimes I feel like I give up a lot because I follow Jesus. A lot. And sometimes I wonder whether it's worth it all. Let me give you an example. I, I'm, a, uh, I'm a huge music fan. I love music. I love playing music. I love listening to music. I love going to concerts. And one of my favourite bands is Radiohead. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of them. They're very cool. Um, <laughs> uh, I think they're geniuses. But the problem with Radiohead is that they hardly ever tour. They hardly ever come to Australia, so it's really hard to see them live. And I've always wanted to see them live. So back in 2004, they were finally coming, finally coming to Australia. At last, I had my chance to see them play. It was uh, my dream as a young man. Um, it was like once in a lifetime, it felt like. Uh, I'd, I'd bought my tickets, I'd lined up, I'd got, the, got my tickets before they all sold out, and I was really excited. Now, back at the time, in 2004, I was, I was working full-time, working in the city. Um, I was quite involved at church, and I was leading on youth group at church. Um, I'm quite committed to that. Um, so guess when youth group camp was on that year, right? Same weekend as the Radiohead concert. Same night. So I was with this dilemma, you know, what do I do? Do I skip out on my responsibilities at youth group and go to the concert? Or do I, do I give up my ticket and serve at the camp? It felt like a really tough call at the time. Was it really worth giving up this once-in-a-lifetime chance to see these guys play to, you know, hang out with the youth group kids and, I guess, do the right thing? Well, in the end, I, I decided to miss out on the concert. And I felt like I was giving up a lot because I follow Jesus. Now, you have to admit, my example may be, may be slightly trivial. But I think, um, I think Christians, I think because they follow Jesus, I think Christians give up a lot of things. And a lot of important things, like, like genuinely make sacrifices. Christians give up time. They... they they pray and read the Bible and they serve and they prepare to serve. All that time could be spent doing other things for themselves. Christians give up money. Money that they give away. Um, money that they could keep themselves and, and, and feel more secure. Christians give up comfort. You know, it's not always easy doing what other people want and serving them. And Christians give up energy energy and listening to people and helping them when, when they could be spending that energy, you know, on themselves, relaxing, taking it easy. I don't want to brag. I, I actually think this is normal for Christians to give things up. Lots of the times, lots of the time, Christians give up a lot of things just because they follow Jesus. Now, can you relate to that? Can you relate to that? And do you think it's worth it? Do you, do you think it's worth giving up all that stuff to follow Jesus? Well, as we think about this issue tonight, uh, pray, please pray with me um, as we look at Matthew 19. Dear Father, we ask now for your mercy to us. 
that you would give us understanding of your word. Father, we pray that your spirit would work in us so that we would listen and obey your word and that we would love you more as we hear you speak. Amen. Well, as we, uh, as we pick up the story in Matthew chapter 19, we see that Jesus is repeating himself. He's repeating himself. He's talking about children again. Do you remember back in chapter 18, verse 3, Jesus said, Unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. So you have to be like a little child, dependent on Jesus. You need to know that you can't get into the kingdom without him. On your own, you're stuck in sin. You can't get saved. You're helpless, like like a little baby. Well, that's what he said back in chapter 18. And now in Matthew chapter 19, he's talking about children again. And in fact, he makes exactly the same point here. See, the situation is people are bringing children to Jesus so that Jesus will pray for them. But when these kids come up to Jesus, the disciples are standing in front and shooing the kids away. You know, don't, don't bother the master right now. He's tired. He's busy. We're not running a babysitting service here. I didn't sign up for creche. The disciples think that kids aren't important. They're not important to... They've got nothing to do with Jesus. But the thing is, they have everything to do with him. The kids are important. They aren't to be shooed away. Kids aren't to be excluded from God's kingdom. What's more, the kids are like a visual reminder to everyone of what kingdom people are like. Everyone is helpless. Because of sin, no one can get into the kingdom on their own. Everyone must trust Jesus. So the kingdom of heaven is for people who are just like these little kids coming up to Jesus. So Jesus stops the disciples and lets the kids come. He places his hand on their heads, he prays for them, and he blesses them. Let's read this from uh, Matthew chapter 19. I hope you have it open there. Matthew chapter 19, verses 13 to 15. It says, Then little children were brought to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples rebuked those who who brought them. Jesus said, Let the little children come to me. Do not hinder them. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. When he had placed his hands on them, he went on from there. Now after this, a man uh, comes up to Jesus with a question. And when you first read it, it seems like his question is just the sort of question Jesus would love to get. He asks Jesus, what good deed should I do to get eternal life? Wow, that's a good question. Good question. And that sounds like a super spiritual question, doesn't it? Eternal life, Jesus, how do I get it? This guy, I think... You could call him a spiritual go-getter. Have a look at him there in verse 16. Now a man came up to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? He seems pretty good. But I think Jesus isn't so sure about this guy. 
I think there's a warning bell going off in the back of Jesus' head. So have a look at his question again. What good thing must I do to get eternal life? The first, first thing that, that this guy thinks about is what he needs to do. What effort must I make to get eternal life? It sounds like he's got this checklist of things to do that he can just tick off. Eternal life. Tick. It doesn't, it doesn't sound like he's coming to Jesus to depend on him, does it? It doesn't sound very childlike. And Jesus knows this. He knows this. So he teases the truth out of the man. Jesus says to the man, so you want to do good deeds, huh? You want to go down that road? Okay. Well, how about you try God's commands for a start? How about you you keep the Ten Commandments and you love your neighbour as yourself? Let's just start you out on those ones. Have a look at the conversation there in verses 17 to 18. Why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied. There is only one who is good. If you want to enter life, obey the commandments. Which ones? The man inquired. Jesus replied, Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not give false testimony. Honour your father and mother. And love your neighbour as yourself. And then when the man hears Jesus say this, he responds with something that I think is just incredible. He says that he's done it all. He's kept all God's commands. Now, at least for me, the warning bells are really ringing at this stage. This guy thinks he can do it all. He doesn't need Jesus. He can just tick this, tick this checklist off himself. He's not dependent like a child. He's, he's independent. He's a, he's a big boy now. He's a, he's a self-made man. Now, he doesn't think he's perfect yet, but I reckon he thinks he's pretty close. He just wants Jesus to tell him that one last thing he needs to do and then he will have worked his way to heaven. Look at him in verse 20. He says this in verse 20. All these I have kept, the young man said. What do I still lack? And it's at this point that Jesus goes straight for his heart. And we see what's really in there. Jesus gives a command and the, 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 the man's response shows just what he loves the most. You see, the man, he doesn't love God first. God's law in Deuteronomy says that he should love the Lord, his God, with all his heart, soul and mind. But that's not what he loves the most. And God's law in Leviticus says he should love his neighbour as himself. But he doesn't love them like he loves himself. And Jesus knows it. So Jesus says to him, Okay, you want to be the complete package? You want to be perfect? Or try this one on for size. Sell everything. Get rid of it all. All of it. The house, your car, your iPad, your precious Radiohead concert tickets. 
Stick it all on eBay. And then give the money to the poor. Once you've done that, follow me. Just do that. You're in. And what's more, you'll have treasures in heaven. But the man can't bring himself to do it. He won't give up his possessions to follow Jesus. It it would be a pretty hard thing to do, though, wouldn't it? It's pretty scary having no money. He'd just be travelling around after Jesus. Sounds like Jesus is asking a lot here. But here's the thing. Jesus is asking him to trust He wants the man to trust him. Trust him like a little child. Depend on him. Jesus has just shown that this man can't keep God's law. He can't do that good thing he was asking about. The man needs to trust Jesus and to follow him if he wants eternal life. The man should trust him for forgiveness. The man should trust him for everything else in life as well. But he doesn't trust Jesus. He's independent. He's not like a a child. He's he's the self-made man. He loves his stuff too much. He depends on himself to be that self-made moral man. And Jesus knew this all along. Jesus just had to mention the money and the deal was off for that guy. Look at verses 21 and 22. Jesus answered, If you want to be perfect, go, sell your possessions and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad, because he had great wealth. It is sad, isn't it? It's sad that this man chose to walk away from Jesus. Well, the disciples have been standing there watching this conversation take place and now Jesus uses it to teach them about how the kingdom works. So you can't get in if you're rich like this man, depending on yourself and depending on your wealth. You can't trust in money and trust in Jesus at the same time. Now Jesus says it's like trying to get a camel, you know, the biggest animal that they knew at that time in that part of the world, getting a camel through the eye of a needle, the smallest hole that you can imagine. Just picture that. How hard would that be? Just see the camel there, see the needle, start pushing it through. How hard would that be? Pretty hard? Very hard? I reckon that's impossible, don't you? Impossible. If you trust in yourself, you can't get eternal life. Plain and simple. Impossible. Look at verses 23 to 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you the truth. It is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Well, this is news to the disciples. They're like, 
what? They're shocked. This, this guy that, just, that was just standing here, he looked like he was top of the class. Blessed by God and he had lots of money. He was a spiritual go-getter. If he misses out on the kingdom, then what chance has anyone else got? But Jesus says to them, no, you're looking in the wrong place. It's impossible for people to earn their way into heaven. It is only possible with God. Only possible by trusting the one God has sent, the one who is God. So in verses 25 and 26 there, it says, in verse 25, when the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished and asked, who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. See, if you want to be saved, if you want to get to heaven, you can't rely on yourself. You've got to rely on God. Well, Peter then pipes up with another question. He has, Peter, the disciple, he's seen the mistake the rich young man uh, made. And he sees the man, and so he asks Jesus, well, he says this, Hey, Jesus, we did leave everything to follow you. We didn't make the mistake that that guy made. So what do we get? What's in the future for us? Now, do you see who the disciples are here? Do you see what the disciples are like? They're like children, aren't they? Why? Because they are trusting in Jesus. They are following him and depending on him. Look at Peter's question in verse 27 there. Peter answered him, We have left everything to follow you. What then will there be for us? Well, in answer to this question, Jesus gives them an incredible promise. He says to them, you guys, you have left everything to follow me. But in the future, when the kingdom fully comes, you guys will be at the top of the pile. You will have places of honour in the kingdom. And whatever you've left behind... Whatever that is, you'll get returned to you a hundredfold, a hundred times as much. And in the end, everyone who trusts me and follows me will be rewarded with eternal life. See, the rich young man missed out on that eternal life because he refused to trust Jesus. But these poor, weak, dependent disciples, they've got it. They've got it. They trust Jesus. Now, they may mis make mistakes. They, the disciples, they say dumb things. They don't always get what Jesus is saying. But they trust him. And unlike the rich man who walked away from Jesus, they follow him. And following Jesus will be worth it for them. Read with me from verses 28 to 30. Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth, at the renewal of all things, 
when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or fields for my sake will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and many who are last will be first. Do you see what Jesus has shown us here in today's passage? I think there are three things. Firstly, the kingdom is for childlike people, people who trust Jesus, not self-reliant people, but dependent people, childlike people. Secondly, we see that the rich man misses out because he doesn't trust Jesus. He won't do it. He depends instead on his own good deeds and his own money, and that makes it impossible for him to get eternal life. And thirdly, we see that the disciples, well, they're just like children. And so they won't miss out on eternal life because they depend on Jesus and they're following him. And that means following Jesus is worth it for them. See, anything that they lose out on now because they follow Jesus, Jesus will more than make up for in the future. And so if if all of this is true, then what is Jesus saying to us here tonight? Well, I think it's pretty obvious, isn't it? Jesus is saying, trust me, trust me, trust me like a child. Know that I am the only possible way to get eternal life. That's what Jesus is saying to us. So let me ask you, Do you trust Jesus? Do you trust him? Are you depending on him and following him like a child? Are you depending on him for eternal life? You know a good way to tell if you're trusting Jesus? You give things up. You let them go. You don't depend on the things of this world. You give them up for Jesus. Not because you think that by doing so you'll earn eternal life for yourself, but simply because in the end you realise that you have to trust Jesus to supply all your needs. Eternal life and everything else that you need. So you let things go like me with my concert tickets. In the end, that was an easy one. But it can get more serious than that, can't it? What have you given up to follow Jesus? Well, have, have you given anything up to follow him? Has there been any cost for you? I mean, it's, it's, it's a big ask. Maybe you feel like making sacrifices to follow Jesus is too much right now. Maybe it seems easier to just still depend on yourself a little bit at, 
and kind of trust Jesus, but depend on yourself as well. Half, half, half. You know what Jesus says to that? Impossible. No. We can't be like that rich young man, still holding on tightly to something other than Jesus. There could be lots of different things for you. It might not be money. There might be something else that you're holding on to instead of Jesus. But I think this passage really points at us and asks us a question. It might be something else, but right now, let's talk about the money. Now, I don't think that this passage means that we we all have to sell everything we own and give the money to the poor. You know, go home tonight and put our entire life on eBay or something. Jesus isn't saying in this passage that it's evil to have money. I mean, he had wealthy followers and he still does. I mean, that's us here at Chatswood, right? Uh, And I don't know about your particular financial situation, but let let me give you some stats. Uh, Did you know that the the average income for a household here in Chatswood is approximately $84,000? Now, if you had an average income of of $84,000, you are in the wealthiest 0.9 of a percent of people in the world. That means that there are 6,537,539,768 people less wealthy than you. That's 6.5 billion people. And that puts us in a very dangerous situation. It's It's a camel and needle situation. How will we get eternal life? Like the rich young man, we are in danger of missing out on eternal life if we trust our money. Because it's so easy to to depend on what's in the bank account than than to trust Jesus, isn't it? It's easy to think that if we let go of that money, our, our, our families might not be safe or we won't be comfortable or wealth... Wealth is always ready. It's always there, ready to take the reins on our heart and take control and to be the master. This is a real issue for us. So how do you think about your money? Do you trust it? Are you holding on to it tightly? Would you give it all away? Would you do that because you trust Jesus? Because you've said, I'll follow Jesus, everything else can take care of itself. Now, I hope you do trust Jesus. I hope you are following him. In fact, I hope you're sitting there right now thinking, wait a minute, I am trusting Jesus. I have given up things to follow him. In fact, I've given up heaps. And you know, I know that that's true. I know that many of you have given up enormous amounts to follow Jesus. For some of you, that will, that will mean material goods, giving away lots of money, or, or 
maybe not, not going for a particular job so you have more flexibility to spend time with people, your family. For many of you, it's meant giving up time and energy through the week so that you can, you can serve here at church, you can look after friends, you can cook a meal for, for someone. For some of you, trusting Jesus has meant that you've lost family and friends. They might have rejected you. They might have made life hard for you. They might have cut you off. And I'm pretty sure in some cases, for some of you, you've been scared for your life because you follow Jesus. So is all that worth it? Is it worth it? What will there be for you, brothers and sisters, who trust Jesus? Did you hear what Jesus said to you tonight? If you've left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or fields for my sake, you will receive a hundred times as much. No matter what you've given up to follow Jesus, he will repay you with so much more. He'll look after you. He'll bless you with so much more than you've left. Because following Jesus is worth it. Now, there are lots of ways that, that God provides for us here and now in this life. I, I think our family of Christian brothers and sisters is one really good example. God also he provides his word to us and his spirit. But that doesn't mean that life will always be easy. Following Jesus means sacrifice. It means letting go of the things we depend on in this world. But here's the thing, here's the thing, none of the things we let go of can match the thing that Jesus is ultimately offering us, eternal life, eternal life, life forever with Jesus. There is no greater treasure than that, than that, that heavenly treasure. And when we understand this, when we know the joy of being in God's kingdom, Jesus' words here will bring us great comfort. We know it's worth it when we're making those tough decisions, you know, to give up precious hours so we can spend time encouraging other people, to, to, to give our money away so that we can support missionaries or even to pick up our whole, whole family and go overseas to tell people about Jesus. Those tough decisions will always be faced with those tough choices when we follow Jesus. But as we keep choosing to follow Jesus, we hear his words, it's worth it. And Jesus, he's trustworthy, isn't he? And really, he's, he's the only one that we can trust. He's the only one who can possibly promise us eternal life. The only one. So, brothers and sisters, let's be like little children. Let's keep trusting Jesus. Please pray with me. Father God, we pray that you will enable us to keep trusting Jesus. Father, we pray that you would provide for us in this life. But Father, we pray more that 
we would let go of the things that we cling to in this life. Father, we pray that we would let go of our money and our trust in it. Father, you have blessed us with great wealth in this country and this city. We pray, Lord, that that wealth would never cloud our judgment and get in the way of us simply trusting Jesus. Father, we pray that we wouldn't trust our own morality to please you. Father, give us generous hearts. Father, we praise you for your promise of eternal life. Father, we ask that you'd help us to persevere when we think it's, it's not worth it, and knowing and remembering that heavenly treasure you promise us of eternal life. In Jesus' great name, amen.